Hey, what's up? I'm former Bills receiver Stevie Johnson, and you're listening to Nate and the fellas on the Circle in the Wagons podcast. It's only one way to roll. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills, baby. Where else would you rather be than right here? Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills Mafia. Welcome to another recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and this episode is brought to you by the Twinspire Sportsbook at Delago. Uh, if you're in the Western New York or Central New York area, head down Route 90 and get off of Exit 41 at the Delago Resort and Casino. We are going to discuss the Bills' ugly, ugly loss against the New England Patriots today in Foxborough. We're going to go over our thoughts on the game, stats of the game, our sweet sassy molassy plays of the game, and our wall of fame and wall of shamers with some uh, hot takes from from some uh, listeners and uh, followers on Twitter. So stay tuned for that. We also have a giveaway uh, for our listeners and reviewers on the feed. But first, I'm joined by my co-hosts, John and Mike. Uh, John, I'll start with you. Uh, how are you doing? And I'm guessing it's not great. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was the loudest sigh in CTW history. Let's like let's let uh, Mike go first. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> how are you doing, man? Better than Nate, John. I'm doing fine. Doing fine. So... It, like it was an exciting game. I wish they would have pulled it out, but uh, it didn't go our way this time. Some a lot of times it does, uh, and I I don't share the pessimism in the sense that like they're not as good as I thought they were. I thought they would steamroll um, the AFC East, and and it would be them and the Chiefs as like uh, the the crown jewels, I guess. But um, so not quite as good as I, th- I think, but so much in the last 10, 20, even 30, like the play, it's all about getting hot at the right time. Like crazy teams have, have gone on runs at the end. And I think the Bills are much better than teams that have uh, gotten to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl. So it's just about putting it together for me. Like Kincaid, I thought, did great. It was kind of um, coming out party a little bit. Um, and dude, like we lived through the drought year. So for me, it's like, Maybe it's broken record, but like I still, dude, it was so depressing back then. And like they're in every single game, and, and they're down by two scores, and you're like, oh, the Bills have got this. Like it's it's to me a completely different feeling. Yeah, um, I think I think the problem with me feeling the same exact way that you feel is that I think it is every, you're on Twitter too much. Is well, partly <laughs> it's it's uh, it's expectation. Right. So like whatever. And this is for all of life. This isn't just the bills. This is just like like John was mentioning earlier, you know, like he was expecting me to be ready for senior skip day when he was skipping and then I wasn't. And he was disappointed <laughs> if I was like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. Then he'd be like, well, you know, then maybe he may won't make it. I won't be upset. But if he's like, yeah, I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely going to be ready <laughs> to go. Yeah, there could be some upsetness. So like it's just like anything. It's like work. Like all of a sudden you have a project due and then like the deadline changes to earlier than 
what you guys thought it was going to be. It's like, whoa, 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 what the WTF, you know, like expectations are what drive our current emotions, I feel. So if I expect the Bills to beat the Patriots, one of the worst teams in the NFL record-wise, then you know, logically, I'm going to be upset that they don't. Not only do they not steamroll the Patriots. I mean, we talked at the end of last week's game, the odds for the Bills-Patriots game, like eight and a half points. I'm like, oh, the Bills got this. The Bills got this. Uh, they did not. <laughs> they did not have this. And we were thinking about that. So that was our expect- expectation going in. They'd win by nine or more, and they lost. Uh, so I, the off that happens every week to the best teams though. There's 32 teams, like your odds of coming out on top. Like it's, it's, I think you hit the nail on the head with the expectation, but maybe that's on us to like recalibrate slightly because every team is filled with the best players in the world, all trying to climb the mountain in any given year. Your odds are 3%, right? There's 32 teams. Like it's kind of ridiculous to like pin yeah, we need to recalibrate and expect losses at this point going forward. Then you would be happy when they win, right? Sure. I don't. I don't know about that. <laughs> yes, you would. Based it's on a miracle you survived the drought years, John. Dude, it was rough. <laughs> John's like I was holed up in a basement for four and a half years. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't leave my four and a there. half. Well, those were the worst parts of the of the drought, not the entire drought. So, I guess who do you blame? Who do you? pin this this like looking back just on the drought years like i looking back like i expected to win games which is really stupid like thinking back yeah that was (laughs) the stupidest thing i've ever heard (laughs) you'd be like oh they're gonna they got this yeah yeah, exactly you're like destroyed they they still managed to give you hope even even during those years i don't know how but they still did well you know what the drought bills were good at that this team isn't that good at is they were beat the teams that they were supposed to beat like if they were a seven and nine eight and eight nine and seven sort of team like they would beat the two and 14 teams like they would do that like you could count on them you couldn't count on them to beat any good teams or any teams about as good as them. You, you know what the Bills were really good at is like if a coach was on the hot seat and then he played the Bills and lost, then he'd be fired like the next week. <laughs> like that was that's the Bills' biggest claim to fame during the drought years. Like, oh, we got coach fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're that bad. That was the best thing. That was, that was the closest <laughs> thing. <laughs> but I, that, it feels like I don't I haven't looked actually looked into it, but it feels like there's more parity now, right? Like when you mentioned the two and fourteen teams, it doesn't seem like there's anybody that's that's absolute bottom of the basement it's been like that since like the modernized free agency started in 94 like it's parody's been a thing since then at least the way that it is so how do we expect it does feel like even even the bad teams could win on any given week it does feel like that the bears won this last week um yeah like no team is absolutely well i bet on the bears so that's not a big surprise but I did. I did remember the drought years. That was that was a feather in your cap. Is like, but then looking back at it, it's like you were that bad that when that team lost to your team, they were just like, "Oh, we have to fire our coach." <laughs> like, you exactly. Guys, you guys are so awful. No. Yeah, it's like a double. It's like, oh yeah, we got their coach fired, and then it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, because well, we're not that good. <laughs> yeah, because we're that bad. Nobody should lose to us. <laughs> yeah. Just think of the nostalgia we'll feel when we start seeing that in the hunt graphic. <laughs> the, <in> the, hunt. <laughs> the bills are like six and nine, and we're just like we're in it. We're we're in the hunt at least. We're not. Yeah, 
You just don't want to be on page like the second page <laughs> <laughs> or off the chart. <laughs> That's what the bills were for the longest time in the, in the hunt thing. Yeah. It was just like, if everything goes right for this team, they could make the playoffs. <laughs> They're not in control of their own destiny at all. <laughs> <laughs> they could win out and still miss the playoffs. They're that bad. They could win out and the teams that are barely in the hunt could lose out and they still might not make the playoffs. Yeah. Good times. Do you do, so? Where do you guys pin the blame on this game? Because to me, I think it's the offense again. I no, no. We did like a Twitter space um, for this last uh, right after the game, and so if you guys haven't heard it, please listen to it on our on our Circling the Wagons podcast feed. But they basically people were saying some people were saying like the defense, and to me, I thought it was all offense. Like the offense didn't score. Would they score three points in the first half? Like that's not good enough. Like that's you should have been ready. You should be scoring more than you should be scoring at least a touchdown. And that's how the last two or three games have gone, right? Like just terrible uh, execution, game planning. I blame the offense. Now, did the defense help them at all? You know, at the end of the the game, no, they did allow that touchdown drive for sure. Um, and I know it was against a very bad offense. But the every time the defense steps on the field, they're they're missing three. Very good starters. You're missing two all pros and their best one of their best defensive tackles. And then their other defensive tackle was out today. So you're missing four really good starters. So I don't necessarily blame the defense. But you still you still it's both. It's both. I blame most of the offense, but it's both. Most of the offense. The defense the defense still has to at least tackle. The backups have to at least tackle the guy, right? Yes. Yes. That was a huge issue issue. The offensive line was terrible. Costly penalties on the defense, too, by the way. Penalties were bad both sides of the ball. McDermott has not had his team ready the last three weeks at all. Dorsey's questionable. Like every, like Allen's was not accurate this game. Everything was terrible. Going back to the the drought discussion is, you know, we talked about this just briefly before we started recording, but you know, I wonder if we're not wasting Allen's talent, you know, at this stage in his career with either the coaching staff potentially with Sean McDermott. Although I'm not willing to throw my and not really to throw him out with the bathwater, right? The bee with the bathwater, Sean McDermott with the bathwater. But like, I'm, I am very seriously questioning Ken Dorsey. They've beaten up on a few good teams, a few okay teams, but they've really, really struggled. It kind of reminds me of last season. They started off really strong, really hot, the best team in the NFL, and then for the next like ten games, they struggled to get anything going offensively. And it feels like the same rut that they were in last season. And the listen. When it comes to Ken Dorsey, we were expecting a lot of him to be a first-time offensive coordinator and succeed in the first season. And I think it's just as strange to to figure that he'll definitely succeed in the second season if he didn't truly succeed in the first season, right? I think I think I put most of this blame on the offense and most of it on on Ken Dorsey because if you don't say if you don't say it's Ken Dorsey, then you say it's Josh Allen, right? It's Josh Allen. And then you think, well, Josh Allen is what's more likely that Ken Dorsey as a second year offensive coordinator isn't scheming and game planning well, or is it that Josh Allen's taking a huge step back? Like what what do you think is more likely? The, the, the thing about the Dorsey thing is it's the same people that were complaining about Dable. And then the second Dable left and Dorsey took over, the all these the same people were like, Oh no, what are we gonna do? We don't have Dable. Well, you're just bitching about Dable the last couple of years. Like, I don't understand. I'm not giving Dorsey a pass because he definitely has some issues, but it is bigger than that. I think McDermott shares a big blame, and I think the execution of Dorsey's plan also 
deserves a big part of the blame. I mean, look at the offensive line. The first, at least the first half was terrible, right? Yeah, well, but doesn't that fall on Dorsey too? Like how he should scheme up plays so that there's not as much pressure in Josh Allen's face. I mean, sure, it's execution yeah. of like. Well, they also they also have an offensive line coach. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, come on, true. Like, the, the line was doing okay earlier in the season. I don't know what's changed. The, the offense doesn't have the injuries the defense has. Yeah, like you can give the defense a bigger pass, right? Because of those things. And I think they played pretty well despite that, except for the tackling. But the, I mean, the offense is just atrocious. The biggest thing I have with, with Dorsey right now is all these um, first and second down passes right around the line of scrimmage. And then on third down, they like throw it way downfield for a lower percentage. Pa- like that's the issue I have right now with Dorsey is like, and then like uh, not so much this game, but in other games, like it's like, third or fourth and short and like empty backfield shotgun. And like, what, what are we doing here? There's no question what's going to happen next, right? Like it's absolutely going to be a pass. And yeah. Right. And he's, and he's, and I don't know if maybe McDermott's having more influence over Dorsey than he did over Dable. That could be part of it too. Um, but like Allen isn't running as much part of it is scheme, right? The defense is trying to not let Allen do that, but it does seem there's less of that this year. And even to an extent last year towards the end of the season. But yeah, there's definitely less of a fear on the defensive side of the ball of, of Allen running, which I don't know. Yeah. Which I mean, they were, they were spying him for sure this game, but like, I think in general, that's one thing that I've noticed. You mentioned a lot of things in that, in that one, John, you mentioned the offensive line. I mean, the, the Patriots were, were without their top two pass rushers for this game. Like they shouldn't have been getting nearly as much pressure. And then you look at the bills defensive side of the ball and they weren't getting nearly as much pressure as they should have. Considering- yeah. Speaking of pass rushers, like the, the Patriots are hurting offensive line. Von Miller. I don't think I even saw him on the field and like the other guys and didn't do anything. And I'm a little bit later in the game, but like, I, I mean, I know that they're, two certain defensive tackles are out, but like, geez, Leonard Floyd had that amazing, like strip sack. And then of course there was like an offensive lineman just waiting right there to just jump on the ball. I'm like, of course, like, doesn't that happen every time there's a, there's a, there's a ball just happens to pop out like by the quarterback and there's an offensive line. Whereas like when the bills, Josh Allen fumbles a ball, there's no one in sight for like 10 yards, <laughs> you know? Well, they got the one late in the game where, where was it born that fumbled it and uh, Poyer punched it out and Bernard jumped on it. So they got that one that put him back in the game. Yeah. But that was a great play. That was my sweet sassy molasses play of the game. Spoiler alert. It was a, it was the best play. There's, there's no sweet sassy molasses. <laughs> Not in this loss. Not in this loss. Um, let's go into stats of the game. Stats of the game brought to you by the Twinspire Sportsbook at Delago. Josh Allen. See, his stat line is not bad whatsoever. 27 for 41, 265 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. So like a pretty good game. Did you know that Josh Allen had seven rushes today? So we talked about, you know, Josh Allen not running the ball, but they weren't designed runs. There was only like one designed run, right? Um, But I think the others were just running out of pressure. Right? Yeah, he's running for his life most of the game. Yeah, he was not the threat on the ground. He has not been the threat on the ground this season as he has been in years past. And I think when you break off like a big run with Josh Allen, then they're like the rest of the game. They're just like, we got to watch for this. And then it opens up the passing game because those linebackers, and those DBs are going to be watching to see if Josh Allen leaves the pocket. Um, so it just hasn't done that this year at all. 
he did it too much in the beginning. Remember that Jets game where just like, what are you doing, Josh? You're just taking unnecessary hits, right? And then, you know. So leading rusher for the Buffalo Bills, James Cook, Captain Cook, 13 for 56. Uh, Josh Allen, second leading rusher, like I mentioned, seven carries for 17 yards, one touchdown. He had that touchdown at the end on the goal line. Uh, leading receiver for the Buffalo Bills, Dalton Kincaid. Dalton can catch eight receptions on eight targets, 75 yards. Stefan Diggs, the second leading re- receiver. Guess how many? Okay, okay. I'm going to tell you that Stefan Diggs had six receptions. Pop quiz, how many targets did Stefan Diggs have? He had six receptions. How many targets did he have? At least 10. <laughs> Easily. I thought you were going to say at least six. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, definitely at least definitely six. At least, six. Yeah. <laughs> at least double. So you think 12? Well, I'll say 11 if John's saying 11. 10. But... Well, I'll say 12 if you're saying 11. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say <laughs> you 13. You already said. <laughs> I'll say 13 if you... <laughs> 10 to 12. 10 I to 12. like triple the amount. I, think, I don't think, I think we're not quite that high, but... I think we're in the same ballpark. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, he had he had some he had a couple drops too. <sighs> yeah, none more important than the one to second last play in the game that would have made it very very exciting when when Allen throws a rope and hits him right in the hands. He drops it, and they could have called a timeout. They had time to call a timeout. It would have been amazing. It's a decent chance they can make run down the field and throw a strike. Yeah, man, I was pumped. Yeah, Knox had a big drop too. Dude, Knox's Knox's career has almost been a big drop. Like he's 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 so disappointing. He was like good for like one season right before he got that contract or something, and then ever since then it's been a struggle. Like he's been so hit or miss. And if a receiver is hit or miss, that means they're dropping way too many balls. And to this, I I understand though. It was a it was a little bit late of a pass, and two receive two Patriots hit him, but it was like fourth and two. You have to come down with that. Like you have to find a way. So the second week in row. Yeah. What were you going to say? No, I mean, he should have had it. Should have had it. Diggs too, both of them. Diggs too. So it's not all on Allen. That's why I'm less likely to blame Allen for these than I am. So so in the press conferences last week, Allen was defending Dorsey and saying, well. Wait, 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 wait. You never told us how many attempts. Oh, That would be one of my pet peeves. Somebody (laughs) like teases something and it's like, yeah, 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 no. No. I was edging you guys. You gotta go to commercial break first and then <laughs> come back. <laughs> when we come back, the amount of targets Stefan Diggs had on this crappy get crappy game. Um, he had so he had six receptions for fifty eight yards and a touchdown. He had twelve targets altogether. So you guys were both right. You guys were right there. I was a little more right. <laughs> I agreed with you, you when guys, you said it. Though. I said, like, yeah, 12, 10, 12. You guys yeah. kept moving the scale, changing the number as soon as you, like, 10. Well, I'll say 11. Well, I'll say 12. And then <laughs> yeah. Kept coming more and more. Um, yep, six receptions on 12 targets. James Cook, three for three, 46 yards and a touchdown. That was a great touchdown by James Cook. I don't know if that'll come up in Sweet Sassy Molassi plays of the game, but that was an awesome move. Cook that he- gets some nice, nice runs, too, like, yes. for first downs. Yes. Yes, there was something, some reason. I don't know if the the Bills got too cute last week and thought that they needed to start, uh, you know, Latavius Murray over James Cook last week because maybe it gave them an advantage. But I think it's pretty clear that James Cook is the better runner. And yeah. I mean, Mur- Murray still did look good last week too. So it's not. I mean, I don't want to take anything away. From, and this week, even like Murray had, he had some good plays. Although he has a penalty two or two, but he had four carries for eight yards. 
So not like a terrible game. Oh, maybe me that what I saw was negated from penalties then. Yeah. Yeah, there's at least one. He had a catch that was like oh, it was his the one, and he had that penalty. Remember, it was a touchdown to Dawson yeah. Knox or whatever, and it was called yeah. back by a Latavius Murray penalty. Yeah, that was yeah. He that was a he did have two receptions on two targets for twenty yards. So clearly, yeah. So and then some other some other players catching some balls there. Nothing worth noting. Mac Jones looked like Tom Brady out there, 25 for 30, 272 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. You know, the, it's clear when the Bills play against other teams like this and they struggle offensively. It's just like the it was so much easier for Mac Jones to operate that Patriots offense than it was for Josh Allen to operate his offense. Like everything seems like a struggle for the Buffalo Bills to get things going. Like guys aren't schemed open. It's always like drop back one, two, three, four. Oh, now he's got to scramble. There's no one open. Like that just feels like every drop back for Josh Allen, but it doesn't feel like that way for Mac Jones. Like Mac Jones. Well, some A lot of times it was like one and then scramble. Oh yeah. For the bills, especially in the first half. Mac Jones had all day. He did. Throw. He did. Where's- and like any, and, and, and like they scheme, they also schemed it so that Mac Jones wouldn't have to wait very long and like the 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 way that they designed the play was that he would just throw it right away and they would the guy would be open already to his so. first or second read or whatever let's do that for yeah. josh why does they have to go through his just give him some easy ones some layups um he mentioned in the press conferences last week that it was just like well it's not on dorsey it's about us it's about execution which i which you know he's taking the blame away from his oc and He's trying to put it on him, but it's, I think it's, I think it's both. It's, it's both, but don't you think like a good OC would like give his players a better chance to execute? Like he can't do everything for them for sure, but we know they're capable of executing, but they haven't been. Well, maybe it's the way that you're, you know, calling up this, this offense. The the one good thing is that it wasn't, I mean, the 12 targets is, is a lot, but like it wasn't always Allen to Diggs. They got somebody else involved and that was Kincaid. Which is something and, that we wanted for them to do finally, right? I mean, none, none of the other receivers were that involved. I mean, Hardy had, uh, you know, great, um, a great play, and like I know Sherfield had a catch and whatever, but like Kincaid, finally, right? Kincaid was finally the guy. They finally got him involved, um, just coming off that concussion. So that was good to see. And he was getting yak too. It was like, yeah, you know, do whatever route you're getting, catch the ball, and get another five yards, like every time. I was listening to the pregame discussion, and they were mentioning that uh, they wanted to see Dalton Kincaid used more in this role instead of being like three-yard flat routes, you know, like where he has to, you know, catch the ball and go up upfield for like four or five yards, maybe. Like they wanted to see, and he, they felt like it wasn't every pass for sure, but like it felt like they were trying to make a conscious effort to pass to him more downfield, right? He actually did have a couple more intermediate ones. They weren't all short. This they weren't. Time. They, they was probably half and half. Maybe a little, still a little bit more for the short ones. But sure. But they finally passed it to him, past like five or six yards, right? Like that was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and he didn't drop. Uh, every target was caught. Every target was every caught. single target. Was it was caught. like the preseason. Remember, they kind of showed that a little bit in the preseason. You're like, this is what they're going to do. This is great. And it took them to what the seventh game for them to finally do it. Yeah. I wish that fourth and two play was to him or like, you know, some of these other plays, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, and maybe that'll come like with trust and everything. And like, I don't even know if he was in on that play, but like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It it was good to see. Hopefully this is a key of things to come because I mean, nobody, nobody else was showing up. I mean, where was Gabriel Davis? He had five targets and one reception for six yards. I mean, uh, 
not even a part of the game, basically. I mean, they tried to include him, but... Yeah, I think I feel like whenever they threw it to him, it was either like a throwaway pass or, you know, way over his head or something. <laughs> so so Joe Biscalia of The Athletic did an interesting Q&A this last weekend where he said, and I, and I want to ask pose this question to you guys. Someone asked him, what is the biggest pending free agent that the bill should prioritize to extend? And he mentioned, I'll give you Joe's mention. You can tell me yours if you want. But Joe was like, I think they're trying to extend Gabriel Davis. I think he's the priority. He's like, but if it was me, I'd make it Daquan Jones because I think that his play has warranted an extension. And I think he's a better player in his position than Gabriel Davis is. If you had the choice, who would you rather extend to like, you know, a two or three year contract or a four year contract or whatever? If you had a choice between the two players playing right now, would you do Daquan Jones coming off an injury or would you do uh, Gabriel Davis? Well, the first who's, question. Who's I, my third? <laughs> yeah, the first question I have to ask is who else is be, due to become a free agent. Um, the thing about Daquan Jones, who I absolutely love, is that not as not only is he coming off an injury, but he also was injured a lot of last year as well. Yeah, mm. well, not a lot of last year. Wasn't it just the last game, the the Bengals game? It wasn't. Most no, of he was season, out. Was he was out. He was out during the middle of the year too. Oh, pretty sure. Uh, what's your best? Because I remember, uh, I remember, I remember, talk, I remember talking about it, thinking like, "Oh, the that's not as good because he's not he hasn't been playing." Well, they tried the Puna Ford um, experiment, and that's not going well. Or else he'd be starting, especially today when they're missing their two starting defensive tackles. Um, so here's here's a list of some of the pending 2024 free agents. Um, Micah Hyde. I would sign Micah Hyde over Gabriel Davis in a heartbeat for a one or two Same. years. I would probably I would, do Micah yeah. Hyde, Daquan Jones, both of those guys over Gabriel Davis. Leonard Floyd is a is a free agent. Um, the Bills are losing, probably going to lose AJ Epinesa. I'd probably sign him over Gabriel Davis for a one year extension. Um, Dane Jackson, Tim Settle, Jordan Phillips, Tyler Matikavich, Puna Ford, Tyrell Dodson, Trent Sherfield, Damian Harris. Dodson, Dodson, we've got Dodson here. <laughs> uh, Taylor Rapp. David Edwards, AJ Epinesa, Shaq Lawson, Latavius Murray. Yeah, I don't see people. prior. I don't see prioritizing Davis over. You don't want to prioritize a guy that had five targets and one reception for six yards today in a game that they needed some help on offense. Yeah, I mean, even That's before fair. the season started, That's right? Like I, I was of the opinion that no matter how good Davis did this year, that they wouldn't resign him because either he would do good and they wouldn't be able to afford him, or that he would do bad and why would you? reset right <laughs> yeah yeah which he's going towards the ladder at this point <laughs> or a or an okay season not good not bad i mean he'll still he'll still demand a lot of money on the market but he's not a number one wide receiver he's a complimentary guy no matter what no I'd, I'd let him go i would trade Knox and bring in somebody else to compliment Diggs and kincaid Knox has a it would be great if you could trade him he has a cap hit of 26 million dollars or dead cap of 26 million dollars next season yeah it's not good it's not good and then 20 million the season after so it's not even like oh we just have to get through this season like then we can trade him like no you need two seasons it's not until after 2024 going into 2025 that he only has like an eight million dollar dead cap like that's it yeah so so sorry to ruin a lot of Bill's mafia out there that wanted Knox gone. That ain't going to happen unless they can somehow trade him. <laughs> and he is like, he's paid, I believe, the tenth, the ninth or 10th highest paid tight end. Yeah. And that feels is criminal it, at this point. I, I mean, it's not that he's terrible. It's just that he's 
not great, right? You know, it's average to maybe a t- tiny bit above average, but which is fine. But for the money, you want a little bit more. Not, a, not ideal. You want a little bit more. And, you know, I still think that he's probably the Bills' best tight end in a long time, but that's just not saying much. It's like the Bills have never had good tight ends, even in the Kelly years. Like they've had okay tight ends, but they never had great tight ends. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So those were stats of the game brought to you by the Twin Spires Sportsbook at Delago. Uh, let's go into our sweet, sassy, molassy plays of the game. All right. Let's start with Mike on this one. Mike, what's your sweet, sassy, molassy play of the game? I kind of gave mine earlier, so I'll... For me, it was when Jordan Poyer punched the ball out and got the, the Bills, uh, the ball back in the fourth quarter. Yep. That's mine, too. The peanut punch. Just when I think just when I think Jordan Poyer's getting too old to like play for this team, I'm just like, oh, there's a great play. Okay. All right. He's still really good. All right. I'll allow it. So you're quick to turn on people, man. I am this close to turning on both of you as my co-host. It's close to the show. This close, close one, one, you look at me the wrong way over this zoom. <laughs> yeah. Might be the last down you ever play. <laughs> John, what, what is your sweet sassy molassy play of the game? Um, I, I will agree with Nate. I was kind of thinking the same thing about Poyer after, especially after a missed tackle earlier in the game, <laughs> but um, yes, see, it's not just me. I don't want to do a sweet. All right. If I, if I had to pick it, it's either that one or like the digs one touchdown where he like got the ball was on the ground, then get back up before being touched and ran it in, I guess between that and the Bernard recovery, I guess. That was an incredible touchdown by Diggs, Wasn't it? He fell down, but he got up, didn't get tackled. Yeah. What was it? What was the third one? No, those, those oh, the, two. The, the, those two. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. Those were, it's, it's hard to find a, a great play in those games, but those were, uh, those were two standout plays. I thought the Jordan Poyer punch out that led to the touchdown. I'm like, that's the Gettysburg of the game, right? That's the turn, turn, turn play of the game. That just changed the tides of this one. Uh, nope. <laughs> so let's go into wall of fame and wall of shame. Let's start with wall of fame. Um, uh, I'll go first in this one. I mean, this one's pretty easy. It's Dalton Kincaid. I think John and Mike are probably going to agree with me. Um, actually, it, it was Dalton Kincaid, but th- that'll be my honorable mention. My my wall of fame will be fourth quarter Josh Allen. Fourth quarter Josh Allen is unbelievable. He is an all pro. Like you need, you're down or you're really close. Like he'll get you points. Um, so that's that's my wall of fame. Fourth quarter Josh Allen. John? Cooking Kincaid. Cooking Kincaid. Mike? Kincaid. Kincaid. Those are all good. Now let's go to Wall of Shame. This will be fun. John, I feel like you have a few Wall of Shames. It's like, where do you want to begin? McDermott, Dorsey, Allen, the offensive line, the Bills pass rush, and the Bills tackling. Um, and the, the drops that we talked about before. And Tyler Bass. <laughs> and penalties. <laughs> this... And the three, three slow starts in a row. Too little, too late every game. Well, I guess they did beat the Giants kind of somehow. I don't know. but So you got the offense, the defense, the special teams, and then the penalties. Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah okay. pretty much everything. Everything. You touched on everything. All right. All right, Mike. Wall of shame. Bass missing another field goal was surprising um, and not a good trend. Not he, he picked the worst time of the season to have his worst games. I don't like to do everybody under the sun, but I do struggle to find a, a singular piece. But it seems like... The bills come out flat, so I don't know if I you put that on the coaching. Um, I think for me, that's the surprising and disappointing aspect. Like, uh, if you want the fans to care, how how do fans care more than 
the players or the coaching. And it just seems until the fourth, it's like <laughs> they want to save the day. Like, oh, we'll wait till there's five minutes left in the fourth just to see if we can. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. <laughs> They're like teasing us the whole time. Like, <laughs> make yeah. it as dramatic as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you got to pin it on one guy, it's McDermott, right? I or guess. A slow start. Yeah, in the in that and the penalties and like just the overallness of of everything, like that's where it starts. I mean, it was, it was an all around losing effort, but and they like, still times, almost won, which it, is crazy. At times during the game, do you not think like, wow, it's amazing we have Josh Allen because like that line is just a turnstile, and I don't besides maybe Lamar Jackson, I don't know who can buy time back there like he can. Like he, anybody he, else would get murdered. He can evade those sacks like it's nothing. Wild! Like he just throws them off, and he's like, "Yeah, it's crazy." A free rusher coming downhill at him like he and forty like, miles fine. That's a, <laughs> it's like whoop. <laughs> to quote yeah. Chris Bourbon, if the Bills said they would, they would stop rushing. They would just like walk towards him and put their hands up at some point because it's just guy after guy after guy would miss, and you're like, wow. Like so, at certain points, I was just like, "Man, thank goodness!" Um, given all the struggles of this team, I th- I think he's making up for a lot. For Strug- sure. Like it, struggles, admittedly, I didn't think we had, but we did <laughs> or do. If, if they didn't have Allen, it would be horrific, like the drought, right? <laughs> like if imagine if it was EJ or Lossman mm-hmm. or you know any of those guys <laughs> during the drought, like Holcomb, Van Pelt. <laughs> I mean, like. They wouldn't stand a chance. Mm-hmm. No, so even though this offensive line is the best that Josh Allen's probably had, it's still not great. It's like okay, it's passable, but it's still not highly above average. He still this makes that a, line look a lot better. This was a bad game, and and there were the moments. There's been other moments in the season, but like I think overall they've been okay this year. The line better than last year, I think. Mm-hmm. Not so much. This game was bad, but I don't know, like. That coupled with the penalties on both sides of the ball. This is such a big combination of things, right? Like that all went wrong. What did you think during the last Bills touchdown drive? Like, didn't we all think like, okay, they're going to score, right? Like, I thought, okay, that's a get. Like, and I love that mindset because compared to the drive, you're like, oh, there's no way. But this is like, they're going to score. And then it's like, hopefully we can... um, do a strip sack or something so they can't do a field goal attempt. <laughs> it was like my thought process. Same. Because you knew what's yeah. going to happen, you mean? Yeah. Because you knew they no, were No, meaning like I, the worst in my mind is like, okay, we're going to overtime. Oh, yeah. It's like the worst possible That's thing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I'm like, oh, it's Mac Jones. We'll do a strip sack. Like, we'll watch those screen passes and, you know, we'll come up with a, pit, a tip, a pick, a, a, something. Yeah. Something. yeah. Um, so at the time, I wasn't really thinking like the Bills, how the Bills were using the time clock on their touchdown at all. But like in with the with hindsight, like maybe like of course, like number one priority, we got to score, I got to go up, got to get the touchdown. But I wonder if we could have done anything different. That do you, I, I, did you guys think anything at, at all? I guess I, I did think about that at the time, and I was looking at the clock and everything, and I was glad at least the two minute warning had passed, but. To your other point, like I wasn't like I figured the Bills would score, but it still looked harder than it should have been. <laughs> well, I was hoping, yeah. I mean, ideally, what they score on third and goal, it's like, do you want to take like a a running play where it doesn't quite make it just to burn off forty more seconds? Or they'd probably call a timeout at that point. If I was the Patriots, I'd have def- definitely called a timeout. 
Did they have two timeouts? I think they did. Yeah. Well, you could have at least had them burn one, but then who knows if you get it on fourth down. <laughs> you know, they, they played that about as well as I think the yeah, Bulls could have. At the time, have, but... I, I had no no problems with it. Yeah. yeah you just got to trust score. your defense. Yeah. yeah. And they even got the two points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. They did have the two-point conversion. to. Yeah. But then, like, on the first play from scrimmage for the Patriots offense, they got down to, like, the field goal, the, the red field goal line. <laughs> and like, I know. What the, I know. what the fuck, man? Because <laughs> they can't tackle, just like the rest of the game, yeah, right? What the hell is going on here? We're trying to – I didn't like – this is a, this is another aside, but I didn't like how they took Dorian Williams out and put in Tyrell Dodson. I was just like, what what is he what is he giving us that – Dorian Williams might over-pursue or show a little bit more. I know it's a completely different topic, but it's just like keep the guy in there that's way more athletic. He might actually be able to run that down. I don't know. Yeah. I, not that it would have helped. Not that it would have saved the, the game. But like. I wonder if there was something specific that. I don't know. Yeah, he might have. I would have. I, I, I mean, like if I didn't, you know, based on what I saw, I would have kept Dorian in too. But like, I, you know, I'm not seeing everything. So. Um, or maybe he got like banged up. I don't know. I did, was he out out or did he play at all? I don't know. They said something like, hold on. I, I retweeted it. Oops. Overall, we were giving up a few plays at that position. McDermott on why he pulled Dorian Williams for Tyrell Dodson. Yeah. We gave up a few yards, giving up a few plays at that position, even after Dorian Williams got taken out. So anyway, didn't want to get on that topic, but yeah, I mean, the tackling was bad. Throughout the game, I don't know. I don't know if Dorian. I wouldn't say Dorian specifically because I saw lots of players missing tackles. Yeah, I know, right? Um, so I don't know. You guys, want to end this episode, or you want to do some hot takes? There was over two hundred hot takes. Usually, I do this after the game. Like, what's your hot take after this win or loss? Bills don't make the playoffs. Two hundred seventeen. After next week, they'll be third in the division. <laughs> Only because the Jets had a bye this week. John. All right, John. Way to bring the optimism to the podcast. John, what are you talking about? The Dolphins, like- the Dolphins will lose to the Eagles, right? The Bills will be one game back. I, I'm afraid to even turn on the Dolphins-Eagles game. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. Yeesh. Yeesh. No, I'm just kidding. It's not that bad. Do we decide to do a pet peeve of the week? Yeah, let's do a pet peeve of the week. Does that have to do with the Bills game or anything? It can be anything. Anything. Mine is when you text me <laughs> about celebrities that I have not thought about in 25 years that they died. You're like, well, that's depressing. I never would have thought of this person again in my entire life. <laughs> but it just ruins your whole day. Dude, what I texted you, what was it? Rocky's brother or what's his His, uh, his wife's br- brother yeah. died just recently. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, sorry for your loss, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Like, bro, hadn't thought about that guy in 25 years. <laughs> 25 years ago when that movie was 25 years old at the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then it's like eight hours later. You're like, Why am I so depressed? Today? <laughs> Why do I? Oh, jo- yeah. John does that nonstop. John is, John is not with the celebrities, but he's just like, do you know how many years it's been since we graduated high school? Be like, you know what, John? I haven't thought about that recently. You know, I don't want to think about that. There's nothing positive. And don't say it. I know you're thinking about it. You're like, oh, it's this many years. Don't say it because I'm not even doing the math in my head, even though it's the most simplest math ever in your head, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, that's – you guys want to hear a story? My, my pet peeve is the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> my pet peeve is my – not social anxiety, but like 
I feel like because we do a Bills podcast, like I have to be better, like as a Bills fan in person, right? Like, whereas it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, we're all kind of, you know, good Bills fans, but like people are just like, hey, go Bills. Like people say that to you, like if you're wearing a Bills shirt in the supermarket or if you're in a random place, you know, I was uh, listening to, who was I talking to? Someone recently that said that they were like out of state for a lot of their games. And every time they would wear their Bills jersey, in the DC area, they would get free drinks from other fellow Bills fans because you know it's it's not Buffalo, so like you know other Bills fans would be like, hey, you know, no drink. So like I'm always like trying to say go Bills. Like there was this guy that said go Bills to me in Florida when I was wearing a Bills shirt, and I'm like, oh, thanks. And <laughs> and I was just like, ah, oh, man, like I'm not good at this. Like I gotta I gotta trying to growth mindset, right? Like trying to get better at this. So I'm driving home like a month ago on the way home from work. And it was a nice fall day. It was probably like 70 degrees out, like windows open in the car, driving past this area where there's a crosswalk and I can't turn right until the old man who's crossing the road gets out of my lane. So he walks, so he finally walks past my lane. He's got like, he's probably in his seventies easily, maybe even eighties. He's got both those walkers, like those walking, those hiking sticks. And he's wearing a Bill's backpack on his back. And I'm like, oh, this is my chance to like say go Bills to someone and like go out of my comfort zone, right? Like really like, yeah, you know, like he's wearing the Bills just won. Like, yeah, let's make this a thing. So as I was, as he finally walks past the area, my lane where I can drive and turn a right into, as I was driving, I slowed down a little bit. I said, hey, go Bills. And I watched him as he was walking by and he just kind of looked at me like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And then I realized like, he probably just thought I was yelling at him as he was crossing the road. <laughs> he probably thought I was just yelling at him to cross the road or like, ah, what took you long enough asshole? Like, you know, just, <laughs> just like this, this thing I was trying to have super positive, which came out probably super negative. And all the other people that were watching me drive by were probably like, why is this guy yelling at this old man crossing the road? <laughs> and I felt like a complete jerk. And I'm just like, you know what? Maybe I'll stay in my shell, <laughs> stay in my shell just a little bit longer. So my pet peeve is when I try to grow personally and I end up making a fool out of myself. So this is why I don't talk to people. <laughs> These are the only conversations you have with other adults is this podcast, right? This is, pre- this is pretty, much, pretty it. much it. Yeah, pretty much it for me too. So you got to keep it going. Uh, Buffalo Sports Chatter writes, we're calling defensive plays like we still have Matt Milano, Daquan Jones, and Trey Trey White. We also have to stop putting Taron Johnson one-on-one on the goal line with tight ends that are five inches taller than him. Yep. Yep. That happened with what? Mike Kosecki at the end of the game. That's what the game-winning touchdown. And that's also the Darren Waller play that luckily did not get called on pass interference last week. Buffalo Dill said, I thought offense would would make up for the 18% of cap on IR. We'd win 35 to 30 instead of 35 to 14, but we can't fucking score till the third quarter. I have to finally admit, I just don't see us doing it anymore. Zero optimism. Maybe we can tank for Marvin Harrison Jr. or something. <laughs> hey, on the bright side, they makes uh second half adjustments. Yeah. On the offense on the offense, right? The oh, games. It's fourth quarter adjustments, I feel. <laughs> yeah, fourth quarter adjustments. My wall of fame. So my wall of sh- my wall of fame was fourth quarter Josh Allen. My wall of shame was the first three quarters Josh Allen. Two and a half. First two and a half, roughly three. Yeah. I mean I mean I, I'm still like on the it's both execution and coaching coaching for the offense. Um like you look at the very first offensive play and Allen had a t- 
terrible read. That that's not on Dorsey. Yes, you're right. That first the first throw being an interception. Did you like I I someone some one of the podcast listeners was like, I just laughed when that happened. <laughs> and I was kind of the same way. I'm just like I put my hands up in the air, I'm like, of course. <laughs> of course that happened, right? Like you're thinking last so the the Jaguars game sucked, and then you're like, well, they're going to come back from that and do well against the Giants. The Gi- Giants game sucked offensively. And you're just like, well, you know, they're coming back from London that week. And then also, you know, the familiarity between Dable and Tyrod. Like, you could at least, you know, logically come to a conclusion as to why those games were the way they were. And then this game, you're like, okay, this is their get right game. The Patriots have a ton of injuries and their pass rush, their secondary, like in their team as a whole, they're just riddled with injuries, right? Like they're one of the worst teams in the NFL record wise. Like the bills can absolutely take advantage of this. And then Allen throws a interception, the first pass, (laughs) like, and it wasn't even like the guy just made an amazing play on the ball. Allen threw it to him. (laughs) Like the guy just backed up and caught the ball. That's what he did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was in a text thread, and you know me, right? The game's about to start. I'm like, oh, 74 nothing Buffalo. And, you know, Patriots score field. I'm like, oh, okay, 74 to three. And Allen throws the intercession, like, all right, season's over. <laughs> yeah. John, you hit those, uh, yeah, you hit the both sides of it, right? Yeah. We're going to win the Super Bowl, and the season's over, right? I don't think I really need to. Uh, go into all these hot takes. I think I think we've hit on a lot of them just in this discussion piece. Uh, Mike John, we don't do we have odds already for this week's game against the Buccaneers? I think before the game started today, it was like eight and a half for Buffalo. But they, I don't know what it is now. Hold on, I'll tell you. They play on Thursday too, so it's give me a quick turnaround. I told you I got asked to go to that game, right? And I'm just like, why? Why am I going to that game? Hold on. So you are going? That's your way of telling us you're going and we're not? Yes. Well, I mean, it wasn't like he had three tickets, and I'm just like... Does that mean we don't have to talk about it after when we lose? <laughs> uh, no, because we it, the game's on Thursday, and we record on Sunday, so we don't have to talk about it that night, so we're all good. So we get to talk about four days later. Yeah, <laughs> we get to... Well, we still get to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> the Bills are seven and a half point favorites. Uh, I just, under, bet the under on that one. <laughs> but the points. When, with, We're not betting on the Bills at all the rest of the season. With Ed Oliver out, now we didn't do a, a preview podcast this last week where we usually do a betting on the Bills segment. I would do, I think I would have said uh, I'd have bet on the uh, on the under for the for that one. I don't think I would have bet the Bills with the points with Ed Oliver out. I uh, did not bet that game either way, so... Because you were a little afraid of it, right? Like initially, you're probably thinking at the end of last week's game, you're like, "Oh, I think they can win this one." And then as as the week went on, you're like, eh. "Yeah, I don't want to bet on any Bills games in either either way for the rest of the season." So, yeah, I did pretty well in the rest of my games for the most part. If you bet the money line on the Patriots, it was like plus three fifty or something. So that's where the money was if you could do it. But anyways, that was uh, that was this recap episode. Uh, brought to you by the Twinspire Sportsbook at Delago. Uh, we're going to do another winner for our T Public giveaway. So if you're uh, listening to this on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast feed, um, we also have our own podcast feed where we do some Twitter spaces, some previews, uh, and obviously this recap um, episode. And if you leave us a five star review, either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you just it, Spotify, you can't leave a name or like a, a Twitter handle or anything like that in the description. So you just have to take a screenshot and uh, message me, DM me, or, or email us. 
Um, and then every week that you listen, uh, we give a, a, away another uh, T-shirt from our T Public site, away to uh, someone that leaves us a review. So Bills fan twenty two ninety, Bills fan twenty two ninety is the winner this week. So congrats to them. Um, any last thoughts, Mike or John, before we end this episode? That was uh, that was not well, it was not a great game. No, Mike, good. Yeah, I know. I think. The Dolphins are in first place. The Bills destroyed the Dolphins. What are we talking about here? And we'll be in third place next week, so, you know. <laughs> I never you tell me the Bills can't beat Baker Mayfield, John? I don't know. They couldn't beat Mac Jones. <laughs> did, did I never told you guys what my biggest regret was in high school, occupationally. I just alluded to it. I realized I never told you guys. It was that. I got a job at McDonald's as my first job, and then I got a call from Wegmans two weeks later saying, "Oh, we got your application. You know, we'd like to have you come in for an interview." And I was like, "Oh, I can't. I already have a job." It was my biggest. It was my biggest. <laughs> it was my biggest regret. I'm like, what a stupid, stupid reason why. It's like I could have left McDonald's after two weeks, and they'd have been like, "Oh, would you do that?" It'd be like, "Cause you're McDonald's." <laughs> that was my biggest. My biggest regret. Like for more money, for better hours. <laughs> you, the, Wegmans is offering scholarships. Scholarships. <laughs> McDonald's is like a work release program. <laughs> so, well, there was that girl that liked you, but then like oh, everyone else hated you because of that. Oh yeah. <laughs> you almost. You're lucky you survived that, man. Yeah, I almost got shivved in the in the back area. <laughs> by uh, an ex-convict yeah so yeah it was uh yeah that was probably i mean it almost ended up yeah costing me my life so working there so uh, not only that dude do you was it you think like um that industrial age mindset probably passed down from your dad of like oh you can't quit something once you started yes yes that's exactly what it was although i didn't like confer with him like dad should i do this or not you just knew. I just knew that that's what he is like. Killed. You say something, you, you commit <laughs> to something, you follow through with it. <laughs> so you were going to be there four years. It's gonna, you know, no matter what. I mean, I was going to leave there. <laughs> the first week or two, they gave me a raise at McDonald's just for like still working there. I'm like, oh, this place <laughs> is great. I went from like minimum wage to like another nickel. <laughs> like, this is <laughs> it's incredible. I'm already getting raises. I am killing it here. <laughs> uh, Oh, and by the way, uh, we need you to close. Uh, <laughs> you should close, have stuck close Friday night and open Saturday morning. I should have stuck with it. You'd be a uh, store manager now. Yeah, no kidding. S- at least assistant to the store manager. <laughs> if you weren't, if you weren't the owner of the McDonald's, you didn't make any money. Like the store managers probably made like I don't know, like thirty thousand dollars a year or something. Like it wasn't that much. They had like three or four of them, so it wasn't like you know. But yeah, it was not a high-paying job at all for even the best of the best of the of McDonald's. It was also like what twenty-five years ago, too, right? True. So probably. Be too. How come you never told us, John? <laughs> I know. How come you didn't try to get us to work with you? You're just trying to gate keep that uh, the Wegmans uh, jobs to yourself. Why didn't we confer with you either? Why were we like John? I don't know. I didn't even know that you worked at McDonald's. So I... <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Between this and the senior skip day, which I didn't talk with you about, did we ever talk to each other? Like, did we ever discuss anything that happened or went on? Like, I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> don't. We're too wrapped up We're in too ourselves. Up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
It's just like, yeah, hormones and guilt all the time. <laughs> so I blame your dad for McDonald's, man. Yes, me too. What, what would your dad have done? Would your dad have been like, ah, screw it, Mike? Well, let me ask you this. Like if your kids now like, oh, can I, can I try and take uh, this sport? Would you be like, like, I feel like we've evolved to the extent of like, how will I know if I like something until I try it? Some things I love, some things are okay. Some things I absolutely hate, right? Like if I try figure skating and I suck, why would you force me to go for the whole semester or whatever? Like, ah, I tried it. I didn't like it. On to the next thing. There's 10,000 things in the world. It's good you didn't like it because you sucked at it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Whereas if I feel like, um, the generation above us is like, you tr- You made a commitment. You got to stick with it. Like, what are you talking about? I'm 14. I don't even know what this is. I just wanted to try something. Don't you think, yeah. though, like... Or even if you're five or six, because you're so young that... Totally. Just, yeah. I agree with what you said, Mike. We're, we're, I feel like we're evolved enough that, like, if if my kids were like, yeah, you know, uh, I, I'm not feeling this, I'd be like, okay, well, let's do something else. Like, let's replace it with something, like, that you might like because – but then there's also this, like, caveat, like, this gray area of, like, if you don't keep trying it, you won't get better, so you won't like it, you know? So, like, there's that – because, like, my son, like, had two years of skiing, and at the, like, the second year of skiing, he's like, oh, I hate this. This is the worst. And I'm just like, well, you think I like spending an hour and a half out of my Saturday? I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But, like, I'm thinking in my head, like, this 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 isn't fun for me. I'm like, you got to keep going. Like, you're going to get it. And then that was the practice where he got it, and he would, became, like – halfway decent at skiing like he was better at keeping balance he was better doing this like it just clicked for him so if i spent like any practice before that it was just like okay you're done like let's just stop doing it right and just gave up on it then he would never have that thing where like now he might be skiing for the rest of his life now he might do ski club in high school or whatever like might love it but now he's just doing it just for you you never know (laughs) well does he (laughs) does he <laughs> Does he want my approval and love or not? Like, I think it's. <laughs> I'll always have that over him. I'll always have that approval and love. My daughter could care less about either of those things, but <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a delicate thing because for the most part, you should let them choose something, or maybe it's just you let them finish it out. Like, if they decide halfway through soccer, like. You like, well, you have to finish out the season. Just finish it out. Like, you have to commit to that part, but not commit to doing it for the rest of your life, you know? Whereas my dad should have been like, you're going to finish out this week working there, and then you're going to take that job at Wakeman's, <laughs> you know, like that, because that's the smart thing to do. So I just, I, I mean, skiing, what could possibly be a worse hobby? Racing motorcycles is the only thing I can think of. It's, what a drain on your time. You have to, you can't just walk out your door and and dribble a soccer ball, right? Like you have to go to the mountain. It's like it's a huge commitment, huge cost, huge danger to life and limb, right? Like when we were growing up, nobody wore a helmet. Now everybody's got a helmet at least. But 20 years from now, it's going to be like, you won't, you're not going on the mountain without your body encased in like uh, wrist guards ankle guard like it's gonna be different we're gonna look back at this and be like what barbaric routines we engaged in like it's insane but like to your point about the whole season like what is our most precious resource it's our time and our attention so like you're if like you absolutely hate something it's different if you're like the star quarterback and you're just like man i don't like it anymore with the whole team 
depending on you. But if you're just like, oh, oh let me six year old kid running around, let me try soccer. Like on to the next thing, man. You're gonna be dead soon. Let's go. <laughs> uh, if you're like the fourth string tight end, be like, bro, you need to stop. You need to give up this and try something you might be good at <laughs> or that you enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Well, like right now at the age that we are right now, like we get like I know what I like and I don't like. Like I'm pretty I'm not set on stone. Do you though? I'm set I'm not set in stone, but I like the, the question is are you good at any of those things? Oh, the things I like. Oh. <laughs> but you you have tried like five percent of the things that you could do. In general, in just our, in life. Are you are you talking about me specifically or everyone? You, do you have a bu- do you have oh, a bucket list? <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Mike. Mike's like, you haven't even experienced life yet. <laughs> you even jumped out of an airplane. <laughs> well, thank God I, I didn't really, I'm not a good skier because Mike sounds like, it sounds like the most barbaric routine I could have done. <laughs> Luckily, I just forced my kids into it, but <laughs> living out dreams I never had. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that part of like being a parent too? Is just like make your, take out all your failed uh, hobbies and dreams or whatever on your kids. I think that's a thing. So. Cool. Well, thank you guys all for listening. Appreciate you uh, you hanging in for this uh, this episode where we talked about a, a terrible loss. So hopefully we added some levity to it. Just uh, yeah, yeah, it sucks, but hopefully we're talking about a Bills win next week. So thank you guys all for listening. Signing off for John. Whatever. <laughs> Signing off for Mike. Carpe diem. They Bills can beat. Who the hell are they playing? Fuck the Yeah. Definitely. Uh, one game out of first. That's awesome. Yep. And for me, Nate, uh, go Bills, beat the Bucks, and we're at five and three. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. Um, well, listen, I, you, you, the whole show is called Circling the Wagons. Say no more. I love it. <laughs>
Good. Good. That's good. <laughs> I actually prefer that over most of the seats, to be honest. Oh, okay. Well, good. Then that makes you a little jealous. Um, no, they're going to lose. So I don't <laughs> really care. Three, 310 section. They're $100 each, so they're not like ridiculous. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. Well, they just lost. So you probably, if you waited a day, you probably could have got them even cheaper. Second three fourteen, yeah, dude. I'm gonna be like checking my phone and seeing how cheap the tickets really are. Like a game like time. ten bucks. Game time. Bro, who are you going with? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I still never said that. Uh, Buffalo. He doesn't want to say. Yeah, I know Buffalo. Mike. Buffalo Mike. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, God damn it. <laughs> 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 he's like he's like your Wario. <laughs> I fucking knew it. <laughs> yeah, he had a ticket. He had an extra ticket. Uh, Is he making you pay at least? Oh yeah, a hundred bucks. Good. Good. <laughs> 